Beyond Athletic, episode 17. It's not about the game itself that we won. Yes, it was great, but it was that suddenly, at that moment when we won, everything was possible. We could do anything we want. You might be smarter, your daddy might own a company, but you will not outwork me. This one right here is for the people. I'm your host, Ryan J. Owens, current pro athlete, entrepreneur, and former USA national team volleyball player. I will not be defined by my athleticism alone, but I've learned how to leverage it, to stay passionate about it, and prepare for life. That's why the Beyond Athletic podcast was born. I'll bring you case studies of current and former elite athletes making it happen in life, as well as tips and lessons from top sources in sports, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, and more. I'm here to tell you that you are Beyond Athletic. Welcome to the show, everyone. You're listening to the Beyond Athletic Podcast. Today, we have Jana Matiashovska. She is from Bratislava, Slovakia. She plays for the national team of Azerbaijan Volleyball. And I'm excited that she's on because she brings a lot of different things that we haven't heard. Some things we have heard that are common with a lot of top, top pros. And it gets really interesting. I mean, we talk about how she got to school in America, why she made that decision, a little bit about her background, how she got into judo and swam before she played volleyball. We talk about some struggles that she had and still has with expectations that are high from different sources and how she deals with that on a daily basis and overcomes that. We also got into really what she believes about giving back to the sport that has already given her so many opportunities and how she believes that that's a very vital part of her future. So I think you're going to enjoy the show. Just remember, if you do, you can leave a review. That's going to help this show get out there. People are going to find us on iTunes. And that's really where this show is going to go far because right now, podcasts are the single best educational source in the world that allows you to multitask at the same time. So you could be walking, washing dishes, working out, driving in a car, doesn't matter. If we can just get this out there, it would do so much for so many other athletes. So leaving a review on iTunes would do a ton. Just go to beyondathletic.com forward slash iTunes. It'll give you instructions on how to do it. It's really easy. It'll take less than two minutes. Just leave a comment on what you liked about the show, what you liked about one particular episode. And I'm going to pick somebody to talk about on each show that leaves a new review. So whoever wants some recognition, whoever wants to share the love, please do it. And you will have so much love back from us on the air. A special thank you goes out to Mia Yerkov. She left a review and a five-star rating on December 20th saying, I had so much fun listening to these amazing life stories. It's an inspiring and educational experience. Keep it going. Thanks so much, Mia. And now that I'm done asking so much of you guys because you're such great listeners, I hope you enjoy the show with Yana. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we have Yana Matiashovska. 
Did I say it right? Yes, yes. And, nice job. Hi. Ah, yes. Fantastic. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. I just wanted to welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're sick and we couldn't do it when, you, when we initially wanted to, but I'm so happy that you're on. You're in Poland right now. Yes, yes, I am. And thank you very much for inviting me here. It's a pleasure of mine. And yes, I'm in, I'm in Poland. I'm in Sopot or Gdansk, Poland, north of Poland. Uh, is it cold? It's getting there. Now it's about one degree, so not as bad. Uh, there will be about 33 Fahrenheit, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll get down even colder and, and maybe a little windy. Is it flat where you live? Yes, yes, it's flat, but it's next to the sea, you know, so the sea brings a little bit too much moisture and then the coldness feels even worse. Oh, that's like uh, in Chicago, we have lake effect weather so like, we'll get a ton of snow because of the water because it's kind of warmer over the water and it's colder from the land and when it mixes oh Ugh. anyways so listen this podcast is a place where athletes and coaches of any sort can learn from your failures your successes your personal habits and they can get tools to excel not only in sport but in the game of life right and yes perfect what i want to do before we get into things is i want to talk about why you're on the show which is Pretty simply, because you're a foreigner and you you left your country to go to America to go to school, and then you excel. And now, as a pro, you're also excelling. So I want those kinds of examples. And also, coming from unnamed sources, you were told to be a very good person, like extremely, let's say, uh, impenetrable character. So that's great. And oh wow! Now I really want to know. Who said that. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. So listen, Yana was a foreigner in the U.S. schools, right? We know that she managed to get her degree in Excel, uh, becoming a, an All-American, which is top forty-two players out of over or like let's say it like this: there's three hundred and thirty plus schools in the NCAA for college volleyball, and she was one of the top forty-two players, meaning. If you say there's like, I don't know, 12, 14 players per team, right? Yes. Then yes. that's what, that's like 4,500. So 4,500 players, she was top 42, which is pretty awesome. So congrats on that. You are, thank you, thank you. you're 195 centimeters, right? 198. Okay. Six, six. I love it because I was looking online and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's taller because there was once that I passed by you in person. We're the exact same height. So, yeah, 6'6". Six, six. She's not short. She was born in Bratislava, Slovakia, which I can say is a beautiful city. Very cool. It's on a river. Um, Great thing. She was born July 7th, 1987. Started playing volleyball at 13 for a club, Slavia, UK, Bratislava. Uh, upon graduation, she went to study at University of Louisville. In Kentucky, what's their what's their mascot? Or uh, the Cardinal. Yeah, the Cardinal. Cardinal. Bird. And you got there through a volleyball scholarship, which we'll get a little bit into. In two thousand nine, you turned pro. You signed with the Russian team, Hura Lochka, Yekaterinburg. Yes. And after a, yes. a season and a half in Russia, you played two seasons in Azerbaijan, one in Korea, then again in Azerbaijan. And currently, you're in Poland with Atom Treffel. Yeah? 
Exactly. Okay. And I want, there's also a little thing in there too, which I want to get to in the show, but you play for the Azerbaijan national team who also just had yes. a nice little performance in Italy at the World Championships. So great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. So now that we know a little bit about who Yana is, I want you to tell everyone your story. I want you to take us back and kind of like, like a skipping stone over water, right? Where you were born, uh -huh. where you grew up, like how it was as a kid, if you, you know, any special stuff we should know, right up until the moment that you chose volleyball as like the sport you would move forward with, okay? Um, all right, well, both of my parents are quite tall. That's where the genes come from. And uh, they are also former professional athletes. My mom used to play basketball and my father was a rower. And so sport has been a very vital part of my life since early childhood. I think I've done almost everything. Uh, but the, the one sport that kind of stick with me was exactly volleyball. But the funny part is I never, well, not never, but from the beginning, I didn't want to play much. And I started only because of uh, my teacher in uh, high school. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, to be honest, he kept dragging me. He was like, you got to come. You got to come to practice. You're so tall. We want you. But for me, it was like, volleyball, what? Why? No. Oh, my God. But then I went, I wrote my test horribly wrong. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't get a bad grade in this class. So I'm like, okay, what if I go to the volleyball practice? Maybe he'll improve my grade. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. And I went the first time, and I liked it, I had a lot of fun, so I kept on going, kept on going, and before I knew, you know, I was leaving my home country, I was going somewhere else, somewhere else especially because of, or thanks to volleyball. Mm -hmm. Awesome, that's uh, it's really funny, I mean, we have similar, a similar story in the way that we had kind of like something happening in high school where somebody just kind of, they kept dragging you out and kind of, peer pressure and then yours is even more interesting because I was in math class <laughs> I was in math class and my buddy was just like man you got to come to volleyball like tryout and I said man boys don't what is what volleyball don't they play volleyball on sand like on the beach and don't girls play like I had no idea <laughs> and so here you are it wasn't what what course was it what subject uh, it was actually social sciences class, like general social sciences. Oh, I was hoping it was going to be math. I was going to say we have that totally in common. <laughs> so, uh, no, I did well in math, so I, I didn't have to suck up in math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm glad my, my friend pretty much was just like, yo, come to, come to trials, come to trials, like every day. And I'm like, all right, man, finally. So I feel you on that. So listen, now that we have a little bit better idea of how you got into your sport and everything. Tell us a little bit more about your family life in terms of like how life was growing up in your house for your parents. Was it strict? Was it, you know, did you do a lot of uh, other things outside of sports? Uh, well, I don't know. For me, it seems, you know, pretty, pretty um, ordinary, but it was just school and sports, school and sports. Uh, before volleyball, I used to do judo for a little bit, then swimming, so I never really had time for anything else. Just school and volleyball, being home, helping out my parents. Yeah, they were pretty strict, but I think they did a really great job. At least I didn't have time to think about stupid things or anything, get into trouble, you know? Yeah. So now 
thinking back, I'm very grateful that they they were they were the way they were. Yeah. Well, awesome. Listen, listeners have a great idea of your past, right? But before we get into mm -hmm. this journey after you picked volleyball because of this uh, kind of, you know, ah, oh, God, I don't want to get a bad grade. I always yeah. like to find out what drives athletes, you know, because we all have something. And what better than things to have as reminders than as quotes, you know, things that can push us in hard times. So do you have a saying or a personal motto that you believe in? And what does it mean to you? Uh, well, for volleyball, uh, it, it will be funny, but it's very, you know, known saying, but it goes like, work hard, party even harder. And basically, I don't mean the partying part, but the work hard is the harder you work, the better the payoff. And unfortunately, patience is not one of my qualities. So it really takes a lot to keep working hard reading without seeing immediate results. And sometimes really the results take a very long time till they come or if, for you to see them yourself. So for me, the, the work hard is really, you got to go every day, every day, every day, even when you want to give up and you're like, oh my God, this is not going anywhere. Because one day you'll come there and that's when it's going to be the party, when you got where you want it to be and the payoff is great, the results are great. And then there's a party, not like party, party, you know, drinking, going crazy, but party as a celebration. Mm -hmm. that, that you, once you get there, Life is great. Life is easy. Yeah. This is really key that people understand that, you know, you do, you have to work hard. And this quote is fantastic. And I love it because, you know, like you, sometimes I'm not the most patient person. And this has actually come after a long career of like having, you know, the ups and downs with our pro teams. You know how life is. And uh, yes, but your patience might go thin, but you know, if you keep working hard, yeah, you'll have the time to relax and do all of the fun stuff that most people do when they're younger. And then when they're older, they're like, oh my God, what do I do for work? You know, what do I do for this? So listen, is there, name one thing that you're most grateful for in life? I think it will be my family because they are the true support and, uh, you know, they've always been there. They've always provided for me. And whether it means my parents or now my fiance, that they are, they are the support team, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that will be it, family. Yeah, family is super important. It's something that always comes up when I ask people the same question. So when the reason why I ask is because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of studies out there right now, and I'll link them up in the show notes, but just showing that you're grateful and recognizing it and verbally saying it or even calling someone up and saying, hey, listen, I just wanted to say I'm really grateful to have you in my life or I'm really grateful that this has happened that's kept, you know, this going, et cetera, et cetera. It actually contributes a lot to our, our psychology being positive and also to our success. Our success. So that's why very I asked. Very true, very true. Now, yes. in order to achieve any level of success on the path to excellence, you know, there's always going to be these speed bumps. So could you take us through a time that you made a poor decision or you had an obstacle that you had to overcome? I want you to take us back to when that happened, leading up to it, you know, during, and then tell us what you learned from it. Okay, uh, well, unfortunately, it's not one particular moment. The moment keeps repeating and even 
up to this day, it keeps repeating, but I think maybe it's part of sports, it's part of who we are. And the worst moment for me, or the biggest mistake that I ever made, or even now sometimes make, is being afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's being afraid of making a mistake, and that's when, I don't know, let, let me rephrase. Um, when you play any kind of sports, it becomes uh, muscle memory, right? All the reactions should be automated, and that's when you perform at, at the best level, at, at the highest level, because your body reacts, I don't know, with all the hours of practice, you learn to react to certain situations, and that's when you perform well, because you react in the right way. But when you become afraid, when there is fear inside you, suddenly, you know, the automated responses, they get messed up, and suddenly you are too slow, your reaction is late, you make a mistake, you are too stiff, blah, 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 blah. And instead of making the right decision and, you know, solving the situation the right way that you have done so many times during practice or in another games, suddenly you find yourself making stupid mistakes and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? So then you start freaking out even more and it's like a vicious cycle, you know, more fear, more being scared, more panic, da 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 And by the time you know, it's, it's like a catastrophe. So, um, yeah, the fear but Eventually, with time, I've learned to overcome this, and uh, of course, even now, there are some moments when I'm afraid, it's like, oh my god, am I going to make the pass? Am I going to make that kill? But I think that's when experience comes into place, and the way that you learn to calm down, to to believe in yourself, yourself and being confident, because you've done it. You need to remember that, oh my god, I've been in this situation, I know what will happen, I can do this, I can do this. You breathe, you calm yourself down, and you get out of that fearful state. You start thinking of all the good, good things that you have done so far in the game, or all the good things you've done in your career, and you're like, I've been here, I've done this, no problem, keep calm, keep calm, and you get out of that state. Yeah. So, the worst thing, fear. Yeah, that's very powerful, and it's, it's something that all of us do have to deal with. And some of us are are lucky in the way that some people have really come to the point where they just totally block all the fear out and they can free, they can flow so freely. And this is something that all athletes strive for and it's extremely difficult difficult to attain that. And the ways you have to do it are perfect like you mentioned. And I I know personally, yeah, the breathing, the, the, let's say these, these habits, these triggers, like for instance, uh, in any sport, in anything you do, you, you have to do some action over and over, right, to do whatever sport that is. And so if you could exactly. create some kind of um, some habit where you, you know, touch something or you say some word or something quick, something small that you can put into your normal rhythm, and sometimes those little things can just help keep you from entering those states. And I think I mentioned on my last podcast, I got to the point at some point in my career where it was just, I had to just say, when the whistle blew, I took a deep breath out and I literally shook my hands. And you can see on video me doing it right after big points where maybe I I made an error or whatever got blocked. And so, yes, it's very important. Thanks for mentioning that. Speaking of fear, what was your biggest fear in life thus far? My biggest fear that's life uh, in in life. 
um, failing, mm. not being able to accomplish the things that I want. And um, there is always a certain expectation about you. There is always uh, pressure from outside, whether it's negative or positive, doesn't matter. But people expect certain things from you. And when you are not able to deliver, it's very frustrating and just, you know, the, the feel of, of failing doing something is the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah we're going to get back to this point a little later when we talk about how you've learned to overcome some of these situations. But first, what I want to do is there is a lot that made you the person that you are today, right? Yes. What did you learn from your experiences until now, if you were to sum it up into one or two sentences? All right. Um, it's very simple. Don't ever give up. No matter how many times you fail, there is always the next day when you can get up, get out of the bed, you know, and do maybe the same thing or the, the different thing, but just never give up. Yeah. Now, we've talked a little bit about failures, a little bit of like, you know, stumbling and things that hold us back. And those are really the things that are important for people to take in and, and, and realize that they exist. You can't get around them. But if you do push, like Yana just said, if you never give up, you're going to get to that point where you can say, I did it. And that's exactly what I want to talk about right now is I know you've had many, right? I mean, talking about being named All-American and having a nice college career and until now a good pro career also great. And now you're playing on a, a seriously top team in the world. But I want you to imagine a time, like imagine a time where you felt in that moment, oh my God, I worked so hard for this and I did it. I'm here. I did it. I want you to key on on that one. I want you to take us back to your proudest moments in life so far and it doesn't have to be sport it could be you know general life take us back to that moment and tell us what happened well i think it will be again in sports and it happened this past january january 2014 um i was playing for the azerbaijan national team and we had qualification for the world championship mm -hmm. and we had the last game we had a difficult group and nobody really expected us to get out of there but we were playing to get the best results maybe advance as the second team with the best score but anyway so we were playing the serbian team one of the best teams in the world and uh um i didn't start i was like oh my god again i'm not gonna play but the game goes and first first set they kill us they really do the second set coach was like okay yana come in so i go in and suddenly i know it's gonna sound like a cliche but the world, the time slowed down, right? And but I was I was moving at the normal speed, but everything else around seemed slow. Maybe it was you know adrenaline in my blood that made me react faster. I don't know. Or anyway, so the second set we beat them, and suddenly everyone has this sparkle in their eyes, and we're like, okay, maybe we can do this. Well. It wasn't as easy because the third set, again, they kill us. Fourth set, we kill them. So it's like they beat us, we beat them. They beat us, we beat them. Mm -hmm. And then in the fifth set, you know fifth set. It's only till 15. It's very quick. Both both teams are tired. They already played two sets. It's, it's tough. So it can go either way. And we pushed. We pushed through and we made it. Okay, it sounds like just like one game. But with this one game, 
I don't know, it, it was everything was on the table and I always wanted to to reach somewhere farther. Um, maybe you'll ask me about the Azerbaijan national team later, but one of the reasons why I joined them was because I wanted to go to the World Championship, I wanted to get to Olympics and this was the first step. You know, all the odds were against us because of the tough group of but we did it. Suddenly we were there, we won, and it was like anything could happen at the moment. So it's not about the game itself that we won. Yes, it was great, but it was that suddenly at that moment when we won, everything was possible. We could do anything we want. It was the feeling of of all the options, all the possibilities being available in front of you. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that because you know, these moments where you just, you've worked so hard, right? The preparation and everything. And you, you sit there and you just go, oh my God. I, I never imagined, like, it could, I, could, I can move past all of these places where I've already been, you know? And so, thanks for sharing that moment. And I can say that I live in Serbia right now. Usually I stay here to, be, to sit close to pro teams. And... Mm -hmm. Serbia's got a great national team. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the world. So to, yeah. to beat them and go to the fifth set, which is even harder to beat teams sometimes in five because now they usually hit overdrive. And so you guys pulled out a great win. Congrats on that. I want people to take something away from this. You said everything was on the table, right? You, yes. And, and, and then you rose to the occasion by just just riding those waves and staying positive and, and you pretty much, I'm sure there are moments where you're looking each other in the eye like, hey, we got this, like we can do this, right? Yes. Yeah, and so when yes, teams come exactly. together like this, it's, it's incredible and everything is possible. So thank you so much for sharing. Now, what I'd like to do is because you worked really hard and there were some steps you took in life and yes, like you mentioned, I definitely want to talk about Azerbaijan national team. But first I'd like to say, or ask you, what led you to say, hey, I should go play for a U.S. school? And maybe what few things were worrying you before you did it? And how did it all work out in the end? Well, it all started um, very unexpectedly. One day, I, it was my senior year in a high school, and we just had a break. Suddenly, my phone was ringing. So I pick it up, and it's this strange man talking to me in English with a very heavy Russian accent. And I'm like, okay, hello, who are you? And eventually it turns out it was um, my future coach from uh, University of Louisville, Lenny Gielin. He's not there anymore. He's with Syracuse. But anyway, at the time he was the head coach of Louisville. And somehow he found me and he offered me volleyball scholarship. Well, I was like, all right. But I had no idea. I didn't know anything about volleyball in America and the perception that was or the popular opinion in Slovakia at the time was that there is no volleyball in in America they everybody thought that the university teams they are not any good that they are maybe at the level of Slovakian high school teams so when I first started asking in the volleyball circles in Slovakia about uh, volleyball in America they were like no oh my god don't go there it will not be good for you, it will be such a big setback, don't go, don't go, stay here or go somewhere in Europe to play professional volleyball. But the more the coach talked to us and he talked to me, he talked to my parents, we were like, okay, the things he are saying, he, he was saying they were not bad, they were very promising, but still we were skeptical, we didn't know what to think for real.
And fortunately, that time, um, one of the alumni from a different school, somehow we connected to her. I don't even know how we found her or if she somehow found us, but we met. And this girl, she was the, the turning point for me because she explained how great it was that the school take wonderful care for her. She could study, she could play volleyball. And there was something I was looking for because um, the situation in most European countries is either you play sports professionally or you go to university. You cannot do both at the same time because there is not enough time and either in sports they are angry at you that you are missing practice because of school or in school they are angry at you that you are missing classes because of sports. So there is no way to put these things together and America, the uh, university in America was offering, offering exactly this option to study and to play sports. So eventually we got all the paperwork together and uh, August 2005 I flew to the US and it was the best decision of my life. Fantastic. I love that. You know, it's a, I'm working with young kids right now and one of the, the reasons why I even thought of this podcast was because I was, I was lost as a kid and I didn't know how to make it, you know, to the next step. And then I was over here and I was noticing, because I actually came to find out why the Eastern European girls and the, the Balkans players, because I own an agency, right? And I was trying to figure out why yes. do they go for so much, why do teams choose them over my Americans, let's say, because I have a lot of those in the past. Why were they choosing them? And so in that research, I figured out that the kids here were going because first, the economy and everything warrants that they don't need as much money to live a comfortable life. This is this is one reason. Another reason was that they were misled into thinking that they couldn't go, for instance, to school and get their education, so they were going younger. And then another thing that I saw happening was that they they really were just being pressured into these salaries without having even knowing the option of getting more. And so through that, I found out that these kids, I said, well, why aren't they going to school? And when I found out exactly what you said is that you cannot at a high level play your sport and go to school. I thought, oh, my God, this is awful because growing up, I'm so grateful for the opportunity in America to be able to play at a high level and to attain a degree at a high level. It's, it's incredible. And so one of the things I want people to take away from what you said is this, you know, Think about your options. Think about how you can get more out of what you have now. Because if you want to play sport for a long time, you can. But if you want to have some options after sport, you can also. You don't have to be just you know, dumped into some stupid job that you must take. So what Yana did was, was very bold. And the fears surrounding it, where she talked about you know, being skeptical and having her her, the people in her country think lowly of the American League, do your research. And whether this alumni came to you or you went to them, put yourself in contact with people who have done it. So always when looking for advice, here's my takeaway from what you said. Always exactly. go to the source. Find someone in common to what you want to do. Find out from their mouths, their experience, because other people have no clue because they just hear so thank you so much for yeah. sharing that. And thank you so much for this alumni who connected and the coach, uh, because you definitely added a lot of value. And you know, when foreigners play in America, they really inspire us because I played with a German guy. I hate to keep ranting on, but 
I only went pro, Jana, because a German played on my community college team because I was trying to go D1, and that was a step I had to take to get there because I was unknown, right? And I played with this German yeah. guy, and I go, hey, how are you so good? Like, what's, what's going on? And he's like, well, volleyball, we play volleyball from such a young age overseas, that, and we, plus we have pro teams everywhere in Europe. And I go, what? You have pro in Europe? Are you kidding me? I was like, I, I already had bought a ticket in my mind, and that was three years before I went. So you guys really are an inspiration to us, and I hope that the Americans were inspiring to you also. Yes, yes. What I want to ask you now is really quick. How did this happen? Did it have something to do with your marriage? Because congrats on that, by the way. Um, but how did you become a member of another nation's national team when you're Slovakian? Well, um, the Slovakian national team, not that it's bad, but there is a problem. Again, it's like catch-22. Um, they complain that the, the national team doesn't get any results, so there is no funding. But because there is no funding, there are no results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like really catch-22. And I got fed up with the situation. We never got anywhere. It was always just qualification for the European Championship or for the World Championship. And we ended up last. Or never, never qualifying, you know. So I'm like, no, I, I want to do something better. And um, after my first year playing for a club in Azerbaijan, the national team coach approached me. He's like, hey, we really like you. How about we make you a part of our national team? And I was like, okay, that sounds promising because um, Azerbaijan was among the better teams in Europe, right? And I remember playing for the Slovakian national teams team we were always scared of them and they were always crushing everyone so I was like wow this is a great great opportunity now that we you know have like a little bit of idea of how you took these steps really to get out of your comfort zone by doing a little research you did that you went to America this was one of the first steps then now you're playing for the Azerbaijan national team and so things are going really well it seems like you're you're hitting kind of the cruise control button where now you can take it to another level but you're comfortable right Yes, yeah. yes. So my question to you is, thinking long-term, what's coming up next for you, let's say, maybe even during volleyball, but for sure after volleyball, what's got you most excited? Um, well, after volleyball, I hope to play as long as it's possible, as long as my body you know, holds strong and as long as I, as I, as I like the game. Uh, but eventually, one day will come the day when I have to say, you know, it's it's been fun, but it's enough. Um, afterwards, I really don't know, but um, so far I've been thinking, and sports is what I know the best. Volleyball is what I know the best. So in a way, I want to give back to the volleyball world. Not necessarily as a, as a coach, but something around volleyball, something maybe in the administ administrative or organizational sphere. I don't quite know, to be honest. Um, but I really want to give back because it's been fabulous, you know, how many now? Uh, 14 years so far, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, this is, this is something I love to ask athletes because this is something, honestly, that we have to be thinking about. And what I want to do is I want to point out to people listening, you know, especially the younger athletes, start planning, you know, early. And even though you might not know exactly what you want to do, have like just a direction that you want to go in. And then every once in a while, add to it and kind of get more specific, et cetera, et cetera. Because 
you never know how long you can play you know you never know what's exactly. gonna happen that's very true and uh, one of the benefits of studying in america was that you were able to get the college degree so if tomorrow you know all my bones break or for some reason i tear something and i cannot play anymore there is always that university degree that i can use and find a normal job yeah, very good point so listen yana now yeah. i want to get into the section where i'm calling it a tip jar you know because we really want to use things that you have used throughout your career that you've learned to help others get better and i might steal some myself depending on what they are okay. so until now your stories were great to put us in your shoes right but we know a little more about who you are but now like i said i want to know how you got there what was holding you back from becoming the athlete you are today lack of confidence that i can really do it um it took me a really long time to actually believe in myself and it was funny because people around me would believe in me but i wouldn't believe myself that i can do it that i was capable of all these things so i think that took me a long time to realize that actually it's not just luck but that i can actually do things that i've done mm -hmm. was there something that kind of clicked in your head at some point where you switched from that mentality to now what you have yes there was but honestly i i was thinking about this for a long time but i don't know when mm -hmm. it's the strangest thing ever it's really one day you wake up and suddenly you see the things differently yeah Yeah, this is definitely something that comes through some experiences. So get out there and get yes. more experiences. This is one way. So listen, one of my takeaways from this is, you know, lack of confidence does hold us back. And at some point, you just gotta. There's some people that say fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> But there's there's other people that say, you know, just kind of learn how to live with it. Learn how to get uncomfortable, you know, or or learn how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is one of the better ways to say it. So that way that you can build that confidence and like you heard Mia's uh, episode that came out, you told me, and I love her take on confidence, you know, that basically if she works her butt off and she just prepares every day, then it, it definitely gives her more confidence. So definitely ways to do that. What's the best way that you get rid of negative thoughts while competing or training? I try to not listen. Anything that's negative, uh, it goes right out. I don't need it. It doesn't help me. Well, listen. Yeah. And is there some like little mechanism you have? Like, do you say something to yourself, or you just kind of whatever? Oh uh, well, thanks thanks to that Russian coach from America, he taught me never listen to the things how I'm saying, but what I'm saying. So I try to get the essential, and whatever is extra, I just take it out and. I try to think of something positive. Yeah, I like that. To focus on what you're saying, not how you're saying it, you're saying? Exactly, yeah. exactly. What personal habit do you believe contributes most to your success? Being disciplined. It's always about discipline, about what you eat, how you eat, when you go to sleep, how you prepare for practice, what you do during practice. Practice is about staying disciplined. Sometimes it's difficult, but you gotta stick to it. Yeah. And besides being an athlete, what tool or practice do you use to improve yourself as a human? I try to read a lot because I believe there are other spheres of life that you can use to to help you in professional sports, whether it's psychology, whether it's just applied science, something interesting, anything. Yeah. To get your mind maybe off sports and once you're reading something, you find 
something really um, interesting or inspiring that you can use later. Rad. How long do you sleep and what's your morning ritual? So I try to sleep eight to nine hours and uh, once I wake up, you know, having good breakfast, having a good start, that's the most important. Um, then just little things around the house, prepare the bag for practice and head out. And name one way that you like to adjust to a new team and why it's important. Like the first actions you take. Uh, I think it's very important to first a little bit observe what is the energy of the team, how are the interaction between the players, how is the coach. So the first day or two I try to stay quiet, you know, see how things are done and then slowly integrate into the conversation and, and become a member. But I think the most important first is to a little bit observe. Yeah, I love that you say that and it's a fantastic method. I mean, I use that myself for sure. And sometimes people, they need a little time to observe you, you know? And, uh, yes, exactly. So that's, that's really nice. It's helpful. Let's take a moment to talk about other people. So, because they're really vital to our happiness, to our success. What book would you give away to an athlete as a gift and why? Well, this will not be really connected to sports, but um, the one book that I really like is Freakonomics and then the follow-up, Super Freakonomics. I know it's not related to sports, but it, in a funny way, it makes you see the hidden causes. And once you read the book, you start to think about other things. And you're like, okay, well, maybe this is not the reason why this happens, but maybe there is something else. And um, you don't, after reading the book, I start looking into deeper causes, not just what's on the surface. So I, I like that, that one and the follow-up mm. very much. So I think that, that will be the one. All right, I'll put those in the show notes for sure. And I got to say, I read Freakonomics. It's a great book. Yes, it is. It's like yes. the rogue economist or something trying to figure out the, let's say, the underlying side, the hidden side to everything. But the authors exactly, are... Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's super funny, you know, so it makes you relax. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and that's a great thing that it does. It's a humorous book, so it's an easier read. Yes. This is by Dubner and Levitt, by the way. So yes. people listening. yes. Adding value or impacting others in a positive way is really vital to our well-being and our success. Don't you agree? Yes, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. So tell me one way that you like to add value on any given day to any given person. Uh, you will laugh and it's really simple. Smile. Ah, why am I going to laugh? This is, this is the easiest and the most simplest yeah. and the best way. Yes. But we forget it sometimes. Yes. Yeah, sometimes when you know things are not going well, when your team is losing or you are not doing well yourself, it's really easy to become sad or depressed, yeah. frowning and being angry at everyone. But I think that's the moment when you need to at least force yourself and then it, become, then it comes naturally to smile because things are not as bad as they first seem. Yes, I agree. So, listen, last question of this little section. What's right. one key sport mentor in your life and why were they important? I think it was my coach at the university, Coach Yellen, as I mentioned him before. He was just there at the right moment when I needed him the most. He was there when I was gaining the confidence that I was talking about. He was there when I was evolving the most as a person because I was playing for him from 18 to 21 and I think that's the most crucial period when a person is evolving you know really match, mat maturing mm -hmm. so I think he's the one who deserves the most credit.
that's a perfect segue into asking you, what advice would you give your 15 and your 21-year-old self? The 15-year-old myself, to be less self-conscious and to calm down. And the 21-year-old, I think that the problems are not as big as they seem at the first yeah. sight. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, it's very true. Sometimes it looks like a mountain, but really it's just a little, little tiny hill. <laughs> yes, yes. I always remember this thing that when there's a, a problem, yes, I might be really upset about it or anything or something, but I always remember, okay, five years from now, I'm going to be laughing about this. So I try to imagine, you know, it's five years from today and that I'm already laughing at I love that. It doesn't always, I, it doesn't always work, but it's a good thing. I love that. So people out there listening, there's one more tactic for you, you know, just think ahead and go, oh my God, this might be stressful now, but think about five years from now, this is probably going to be nothing. So, all right, knowing that you're a great example and getting to know you a little bit better, because I definitely got to do that now, you're one of the positive role models out there that we're looking for to be the new age, let's say, of mentorship in athletics because you would like to help out with that. And you're talking about giving back to the sport and you didn't know how, maybe. Yes. And so one of those ways is that there is this non-for-profit that I've started actually in the Balkans and America, and I'm looking for people to help me build it. So I'd love to chat more okay. at some point about that. but. Right now, what I want people to do is, before we get into this, I want you to give some ways that they can connect with you online and follow you on your road to success as you play volleyball. Uh, well, I think probably as everyone, I have a Facebook account. Mm -hmm. People can find me at under my name. Um, probably they might be the best option. Yeah. I don't know if Facebook. People, okay. I don't. I don't. Yeah, Facebook. I don't tweet too much. Okay. So. So I'll put Facebook your. I'll link to your Facebook page in the show okay. notes. And wrapping up, now this show, like I talked about, is all about teaching athletes how to go beyond being average, like you, actually. You stepped out of your comfort zone so many times, and I'm sure you're going to continue to. I want to teach them how to reach excellence, be successful, but not just in sports, but in life. And what I like to do now is I've done this a few times on the show. I want to go through just some stats. And I don't know if you know these. Okay. You probably heard them in one of the shows, but people out there who haven't heard the show, most pro careers only last three to five years. But within five or two to five years of retiring, if you're not due to injury or these kinds of things, 60 to 78% of NFL, MLB, which is baseball, NBA players, yeah. they all end up broke, divorced, or unemployed. Now, these are some of the highest paid athletes in the world. Yes. In 1995, and now they say it might be higher, it probably is, only eight. 0.5% of the population of all America, just everybody, they were charged with assault, which mm -hmm. means attacking another person. But over 30%, 36 actually, of all athletes were charged with assault. And there's a new incident of crime every two days, and that's only what they say in the media. And so out of all of that, Yana, can you believe that like literally out of one out of five children from seven to 13, they say that athletes are their role models. Now, what I want to do, yeah, it's, it's incredible, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because if you have these role models, like, what, what do you expect but them to grow up and be criminals and be, you know, broken, retired, and not have a plan? So with all of that in mind, what is your definition of being beyond athletic? Well, I think it goes, you know, to what you were saying, that most of these people... Um, 
they they lose what they had. You know, they made all this money, they had all this fame, but uh, several years after they quit sports, they lose it all. And I believe maybe the reason is that you get used to lavish life because you have all this income coming in. But once the income stops, you know, you don't have the money to support your lavish lifestyle. So I believe the key to survive beyond athletics or afterwards is staying modest, you know, being true to your origin and staying close to the family because family will keep you real. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds funny, but uh, staying, staying real, staying true to yourself and uh, yeah. giving back. Because in a way, if, if you give back, um, it comes double back to you again. Mm, it comes full it's circle. True. I love that. And that's it's very yes. true. And I guess I'll just end the show on that is that you are the average of the five closest people to you. And today you've been hanging out with Yana and myself. Thank you so much for being on the show. I wish you all the best this season. I'm going to try and follow along and we'll catch up soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been great, great pleasure. And I hope I can give you some uh, useful insights. So thank you so much. If there's anything else, please contact me. Awesome. And I'll be glad to help you. Thanks, Yana. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Did you like the show? Leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher.com so others will find us. And share the love. Think of one person that could benefit and send them the link for this episode. For more resources and tips, go to beyondathletic.com or tweet us at beyondathletic. I appreciate and thank you for listening. What we do in life echoes in eternity. I'm going to show you how great I am. And this concludes our Chicago show. Please stay tuned.